0: A Gallup Research poll says unhappiness spiked for a decade, costing over $2 trillion annually. Today's guest, Dr. Sean Sullivan, a licensed clinical psychologist and founder and CEO of One Perfect, a mental health and wellness platform that delivers personalized mindset-shifting experiences called SHIFTS. I'm sure we all know of times when we could use a shift with our mental mindset, whether it's to reclaim a day that's gone off track, soothe some stress, boost motivation, or sleep, and shift into a productive mindset with more confidence or purpose, or even shift our sleep. Dr. Sullivan began his formal psychology education at Harvard University And completed it with a psychology residency at University of Texas Health Sciences Center and postdoctoral training based at the University of California, San Francisco. He has since been featured extensively in national and international publications, including the New York Times, Forbes and Huffington Post, to name a few today dr sullivan will teach us how to shift into a better state of mind anytime with something he's developed to solve this global unhappiness problem welcome back to the neuroscience meets social and emotional learning podcast where we bridge the gap between theory and practice with strategies tools and ideas we can all use immediately applied to the most current brain research to heighten productivity in our schools our sports environments, and modern workplaces. For returning guests, welcome back. And for those who are new listeners, I'm Andrea Samadhi and launched this podcast almost four years ago to share how important an understanding of our brain is for our everyday life and results. On today's episode, Dr. Sullivan will cover why mental health is not only a part of overall health, it's the most important part. How to achieve and maintain a high level of personal performance, happiness and fulfillment in our fast paced modern world. What we can each do to address the mental health challenges and opportunities we see globally together. He'll guide us through shifting into our chosen state of mind on demand during our interview. And I'm looking forward to this part of our recording because I've got to say, it's been a long day over here, and I could really use a mental shift. We'll discuss how shifting can address mental health issues at scale, and he'll share how anyone can accelerate a mental fitness revolution so we can all get back to feeling our best. Let's welcome Dr. Sean Sullivan and see what we can all do to build a future where we can manage our stress and get the shift we need when we need it. Welcome, Dr. Sullivan. I'm so excited to have you here today. And, uh, you know, we were just kind of talking before I introduce you when we go into the questions, I really could use a shift before we do this interview. And and I was thrilled to see all of the stuff that you've done to help people with their mental mindset. And, uh, you know, I always am so serious on podcasts. And we were talking, I'd love to have a little bit more fun with interviews so could you maybe help me shift my mindset and we figure out how I can enjoy interviewing without being so stressed and serious all the time? Oh,
1: my gosh. What a great awesome. what a great idea. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be so nice if we could all just sort of settle into our days without the stress that goes along with it? You know, um, so yes, yes, is my answer. Let's do that. No, One because- of the things that I've learned is that... Um, that i i do the work i do largely for that reason right that the the discovery at least everyone has to discover it on their own that my personal discovery that connecting with another person coming into the is the same as coming into the present moment and that is the same as what a shift is at least the first part of it i mean we'll talk more about it but yes i love that idea and uh, the the work that i do really evolved out of trying to approach that for my own life so yes Let's do it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Can you, before we get into all of this, give us your background and share what made you think of this tool that shifts you into a better state of mind in under 10 minutes, anytime? Where did this all begin for you?
1: yeah so right thank you for introducing that what a shift is right it's a an experience often a digital experience sometimes it's a human to human experience that shifts you into a better state of mind in under 10 minutes anytime so and that's um that is what i focus a lot of my work on so yes to give a little bit of background i'm a clinical psychologist i've been at this stuff for uh oh my gosh 25 years now And um, in graduate school, I spent a lot of time focused on how we might be able to use technology in psychology. And so um, when I came out of grad school, that was all the focus, the research that I did. And then the other side that I thought was really exciting about psychology was practice. So I had a uh, and still have uh, now I have a small therapy therapy practice, but I had a um i focused on therapy for a long time for um over a decade during my career and seeing people in all sorts of different settings um but that one-on-one experience actually segues into the answer to that question so when i was um doing therapy what i found was that the first 5 to 10 minutes of a therapy session invariably um invariably they're focused on coming into the present moment together. So someone comes in and whatever they're dealing with um, in the longer term of the work we're doing is one thing, but they're coming in with whatever happened today. And it's this this present anxiety. And so the first five to 10 minutes almost always were let's connect and get into a a place, a state of mind where we can do good work together. And that always happens. You know, it always happens um, in therapy, every time i've done it and it pretty much always happens if you're open to connecting with another person one on one that they want to be present with you you know they want to be there with you and so i've i've come over time to think of of other humans as as the best drug you know that they, they're the thing that brings us into this sense of peace at least when it's the right human for us right <laughs> So, uh, I, you know, I can go into a little bit more more detail about the history of that if that's interesting. But yeah, the, ori- the origin was first five to 10 minutes of the therapy session is coming into presence together. And that's the core skill. I realized that if you can learn to do that for yourself on demand anytime, that's what we call a shift, then you've really developed this foundational skill for mental health. Because once you know, the real trick is that once you know that you're only five to 10 minutes away from a better place anytime, whether you're using a shift or you just have learned the skill, then it changes everything about your stress level. Because if you don't know that, then life can be very stressful. Once you know you have that skill, everything relaxes a lot because you can turn it on when you need to.
0: Well, let's just take that to education for a second, because I've talked a lot on the podcast about how I started in the classroom, and I had behavioral kids, and I was looking at them going, what's wrong with these kids? And I had no idea it was starting with me, with the fact that mm-hmm. I, you know, we, yeah. didn't, we weren't taught this back then, so I was just... What's wrong with these kids and then Bruce Dr. Bruce Perry comes out with a book called What Happened to You? So it's not about what's wrong with them. it's like what happened to them that's making mm-hmm. them act out. And so we we're now in education learning that it's all about how we are because our cortisol will raise another person's cortisol in the room. So what you're talking about is, would you say co-regulating? I
1: love that way of thinking about it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So self-regulation and then it, and then, yeah, hopefully we'll talk more about this as we go. But to me, that's the way that you can really expand the footprint of being able to shift yourself is that you, you literally are shifting other people when you're in a good place. And it's funny, you know, you you have that memory. I have one. The first time that I learned that was from, you know, folks on the autistic spectrum, Um, You know, a lot of different approaches to treatment. But I had a friend who worked with with that issue, and it was the same what he learned in his training that really worked well over the years of his work was to teach the parents to be present, you know, with uh, with the child, if that was the case. So, yes, I think that concept cuts across a lot of learning to mental health to wellness to probably performance also, right? Getting yourself in the state of mind you want to get into.
0: Yeah, well, let's let's talk on mental health here because we hit a certain part on this podcast around the time of the pandemic that I couldn't not talk about it. It was just you know, yes. it was all over the place. I had to start looking at the direction of where the world was going. And so I had to start looking at the importance of our mental health and and having guests on that were focused on mental health. So why do you think our mental health is the most important part of our health? What have you discovered?
1: So I, I, I love thinking about that question because I remember the first time I thought about it, it was not obvious to me that your mental health is actually more important than your physical health. And so when I started seeing why that was, I packed into my brain a few different ideas about why that was, Um, you know, but just, just to back up a little bit, historically, I think most of us think about mental health as sort of a subsidiary of your health, right? And over the last, whatever, 20 years, we've come to see, oh, actually it's really connected. Mind body connection came into all of our awareness, but I'm going to make an argument to you that mental health is more important than than physical health, and I say that because if you if you have your your mental health or your capacity to sort of move back into mental health when you need to, then you are able to live presently. You're able to live purposefully. In, that's even true if you have limited health, right? If you have health issues, you cannot make very good decisions about your life, about care for yourself, about care for your loved ones. If you don't have good mental health, you can do that if you have physical health issues, right? Poor mental health often means that you feel anxious most of the time. And so if you're feeling anxious most of the time, then you are not uh, feeling connected to your purpose in all likelihood. You're not feeling like you're living your best life, but you can live an incredibly purposeful life if you have your physical health. So I think there's a really good argument that that mental health is the place to start. Um, and we've all, just touching on what you you talked about the last couple of years, which I know everyone's trying to, you know, move beyond. So I'm not I don't I'm not trying to hearken back to that, but it was a reminder to everyone that, you know, life is very hard. <laughs> and life will be hard the next couple of years, also, right? Because we'll have problems with relationships and we'll lose people. And and it's just, I think it is honest to say that life is difficult. So um that to me is a a really good argument for. You know, we're framing it as mental health, but really I'm talking, I think we're more talking about the ability to get yourself to a good place when you need to, which is solves the mental health issue, but we're looking for more than that, right? We're looking for, for living a, a purposeful life.
0: Productive. And, and what was interesting to me to look at over the years, like I've talked openly on the podcast that my family, pretty much every member was hit with depression somehow, And so I chose to move to Arizona where there's mountains and sunshine. I just thought I better get out of, I was from Toronto where it's like gray a lot and cold and dismal. And so I picked up and I'm like, bring my hiking shoes out this way to see if, you know, I can be the one that doesn't have any symptoms of, of depression, but uh, it's statistics that 51% of us are going to have some sort of mental health issue in our lifetime that yeah. it's normal now that we're going to be hit with something, right? So we kind of have to not run from it, but just be ready for the fact that if it's, especially if it's in your history, um, what what would you say to yes. someone like me that, you know, I'm I'm fully aware it's in my history. I'm doing everything I can to make sure that, that I stay on yeah. track. What, what would you advise me to keep doing? Yeah.
1: Well, first of all, that's, I love that that you actually moved to to get yourself in the best opportunity to to live your best life and I can totally relate to that in the sense of um son like I'm I sun son <laughs> is helpful right it's it really Where matters are are a are lot you? of people
0: are you in I'm South in California yeah North Northern North
1: California right. yeah I actually did I I yeah, it's it yeah, actually I grew up in Boston. So I I know the uh the cold winters, but I've been out here since I started. I came from my postdoc and then started a practice and have been here 15 years. And actually I moved eight years ago to a beach hut. So I've been working out of there and living out of there for eight years now. You know, um not exactly the same reasons you did, but the concept of how do how can you build your environment so that you feel your best. So I honor you on that one, and I also I also want to say on that whole issue, I, we have to be very careful not to try not to communicate the idea that if you have mental illness, you can just shift out of it any moment, right? So the I think a more accurate way to think about it is that if you learn the skill of shifting yourself into presence, and you can use that at any time that things get rough. Then when you're when you're fully in the moment and able to just either cl- closed eyes, open eyes, you know, there's a variety of ways that that we do it. But if you can do that, then you can listen to what's going on with you, and you can address it from a place where you're your most healthy. So um, in um, you know whether that means that you're shifting into a great state of mind because you're already doing well, or you're shifting. I think about it from you're moving from bad to good. from good to great a lot of times, right? So it's, so if you're going from bad to good, it's like, okay, so I've I've given myself some relief and I'm in a state of mind now where I can approach the challenge and in the most constructive way that I know. Um, So yeah, that's how I think about that.
0: So can I ask what it is that you've developed here? Um, what's what's coming? When is it coming? Because I want to ask you about your mentors, but I also want to include that I know your mentors have to be in the technology space for what what I think that you've done here. So I, I mean
1: the tr- the truth of that is not really no. Um, I I picked up psycho- um, sorry technology like a lot of people just kind of by doing it. It was the psychologist, <laughs> really. That and also, so I would say, is that? Shall I? Sh- do you want to talk about that one, or go go a little bit more into what I'm doing? Because I I want to make sure I answer your question.
0: It was a little bit about both because I'm like, yeah. you know, sometimes you have an idea, but you yeah. spend all this time studying psychology and the mind. It kind of blows my mind that you've created something tech wise. With all these years you've been probably studying, yeah. and where did the tech knowledge come from?
1: Oh, I got you. Yes. Well, so I, I had mentioned that in grad school, I did my research on the application of technology to psychology. And so that was like a learning about what had been done with technology. And then a different step is how, how do you actually use technology? And my education, probably like most people, was just started doing it and build a website, build an app and sort of um, hire people to help you learn and things like that. So it was one thing at a time. I did get to spend some time at at being out here in Silicon Valley at a um, technology company for a few years that really taught me a lot about how, how you build things. So all that is true. But that all came a lot later than my interest in psychology and my um affinity for presence. Uh that that I learned actually during grad school I did a internship at the it's called the Center for Mindfulness at University of Massachusetts Medical School. And that's John Cabot Zinn originated that. That's the mindfulness-based stress reduction clinic. So I went there and um early Water just river. very
0: you learned from the father of mindfulness.
1: I did. I got to okay. I got to like yeah. Wow. It was very cool, very cool timing. I mean, they were doing this really interesting research and then also pairing it with practice, so I learned as, you know, both sides of it. And it turns out that 20 years later, I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but within the last month and a half, probably 2 months, um there was research that showed mindfulness-based stress reduction performed as well as Lexapro in a trial and so, Lexapro is generally a depression medication. And so, it was the first time they'd tested mindfulness based stress reduction against um, antidepressant that, you know, that I know of. It has proven itself to be effective in almost every um, domain of mental illness. So, that's why I started there. Um, so, yeah, that was a huge influence, but probably maybe even, even bigger one was uh, Eckhart Tolle. I read the Power Now when i was a little younger and then um new
0: bodies.
1: Okay. a new earth but the power now really got me yeah
0: what do you remember about power now i'm just curious because i use it as an example sometimes that that he didn't write it in a way that we're we're going to easily remember what it was about so what's that's
1: what- a great that's a great question yeah, So and I, I have a little story about that i can actually tell you okay so i when i um read it the first time i what i saw was a model of psychology i think that i hadn't seen it wasn't framed as psychology at all right it's not framed as psychology but it is a model when you think about it um he's got the different pieces that we often think about as object relations theory in psychology so i might have sort of read it through a lens where i sort of had analogs to a lot of the ideas But um, to me, it's not about the ideas. That book's about presence and what flows through the book is the presence of the book. And when I was in grad school, actually, for the first two years of grad school, I made a commitment that I would listen to, there was an audio book version of it. And so I would listen and it it was back then it was tapes, right? So I would listen to the tape in my car on the way to um, grad school every day. And that was my that was what I would do. And I, I, I eventually liked tape five the most. So I would play that one over and over. And that's what I learned is that really what flowed out of that was presence. And it was it's a vibe that comes out of that book. And so and I think that's the most powerful thing about that book. It's that how do you when you connect with someone, what are you bringing, you know, and how does that change the, the vibe? And that the concept that presence is a really beautiful place to live from. Good things happen when you're there.
0: What I remember from that book was about the pain body that's in your yeah it comes yeah. out. So we've got to address or heal things that are within us or we're going to it's going to come out somewhere in our results or life.
1: Yeah, I think that's what a lot what a lot of people remember from it and that's where I think about it as there's a model of psychology in the sense of the pain body to me means you need to learn to recognize when you're off, like this hurts. I don't feel good right now. What is that? Not just recognize it, but recognizing it should trigger doing something about it, right? Okay. Step two is shifting into presence, which which is what the book will constantly return to. Um, but yeah, the pain body is a great concept. It's a great way to frame What I think we can talk about, I'm interested to hear how you would talk about it, but, you know, there's biological mechanisms that repeat within us. There's, um, you know, in our body, in our neurology, neuroplasticity tells us that, you know, we, we have dense brain networks that repeat and they come up when they're triggered from certain experiences we go through. So I think it's a really articulate way of talking about that.
0: Yeah, because I think about, you know, someone, because because I've looked at your website, and I know that what what your aim is, you've got someone that comes to see you, they've got a problem, it's normally they've been triggered some way. And it's usually not even the persons that they're dealing with. It's something that happened before, that's reminding them, right, of, yep, yep. of like, uh, this makes me feel bad because of something that could have happened when you were like two or three, some memory that's stuck in you. And so, how are we supposed to get into the present moment and know what it is and solve all of our problems so that we can be free of all of our stuff?
1: So that's a very that's a big one. So uh-huh. let me let me try to chunk it a little bit. All right. One of the things that. I that hit me the hardest about psychology and psychology research was attachment theory, and one of the things I learned from one of the great researchers I thought was that, um, you know, a, a way to think about it is when you're in that parent infant dyad, your think about it, your caretaker is is dealing with you as an infant that that needs all this like hundred percent full time support, you're getting a million frames a second of a style of interaction. And so since, and I think that's what you're getting at you, since you have that, you have a history that's comes into it with your biology, and then you have this, this nurture piece. And so since you have millions of frames a second, it is very embedded in you, the way that you react to people, the way that you expect people to react to you and, and the way you interact in the world. And as a result, I agree with you, that's a really difficult one to change because it keeps coming up because it's so overtrained, right? So we accept that's what we're... That's what we're all dealing with. All right. Now, that said, I think that the the way that you still want to think about that is what we were just talking about. You recognize something arises. For some people, it's all day long. For some people, it's 10 times a day. And if you're lucky, it's fewer than that. Right. But when it comes up, you want to be able to notice it make your, notice just physiologically what it is first, right? It's not, I have to understand where this is coming from and the whole history of it. It's like, okay, I'm off. I have a strategy, a shift. And you mentioned the shifts, you really are identifying what's going on with you to get the shift that fits you. So you identify it. If you can identify something like I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm frustrated. Um, and, And as we talked about, it could be, I just need to get motivated. I'm unmotivated. Um, when you identify that, then you can take that next step, which is get back into the good place. And this is the antidote, right? You, and you this is a lifestyle. And what I found, what I think is super exciting about it, is that it's a great lifestyle because it really feels good. It feels good to come into presence consistently, and so it's self reinforcing. And I don't mean to uh, imply that you do it three times and all of a sudden you know you're you're able to to do it whenever you want, but all of the research is showing us even these five minute you know episodes of shifting yourself into a good place or having an impact and over time your habit instead of the historical one that might come up you know repetitively and organically will change to take a long deep breath (laughs) come into the present moment and just just be back without the one way that i think about um those moments when we come into anxiety or depression or sadness or frustration is especially you can see it this way if you close your eyes is that there are thoughts that are just just running your mind at that point usually and they are layers of thought so there's so many layers it's hard to untangle them and so coming into a present state of mind means being able to stop allowing those thoughts to control the narrative of your next minute. And so you can see them flowing. And then if you do it properly, they start to slow down, as you know, I'm sure, uh, with all your experience also in this. Um, and then you can get to the point where you've done it enough times where it's a lot easier to just say, oh, yeah, that story.
0: Right. Well, so what did you create? Can you talk about uh, what it is? And what, when is it available? Is it available now? What what have you got here?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, um, yes. So shifts, we talked about shifts and that's this this, a shift is an experience that moves you into a better state of mind in under 10 minutes. And when I started this company called One Perfect four years ago, we wanted to build that as well as we possibly could just focus on one thing and do it as well as we could. And so we we built that as a platform where you can download the app. It's called One Perfect Shift, and you can tap a couple things, and then it's giving you a very personalized experience, shifting you from where you are into where you want to go. And we tested that um, with a major university partner for a couple years, and eventually they subscribed with us and became our first major customer, and now. We use that product in enterprise with organizations who want their employees to perform better in education. And in the future, I see it in all sorts of um, places. So that's that's the history of it, the future of it. So that, and that is all 24 seven digital, right? You download it yourself, you use it when you need to, and um, you can use it on the, on the web or you can use it in an app, iPhone or, or Android. So that's the future, the past. The future to me is that, I call it shift therapy. And we are right now in the process of recruiting shift therapists. And that's because this product will add a live component, right? So you tap, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm sad. And you a couple other things, really identifying the kind of person you might resonate with most and those sorts of things. Um, see ratings about them. And say, okay, yeah, I like like I want to spend five minutes with this person. A person will come on your screen, a highly trained shift therapist, and in the next five or 10 minutes will walk you back into a good place. And my uh and so that will be the next generation shift there, an army of shift therapists who are answering the call. And I think like my fantasy would be that everyone decides to. There, there are a variety of ways we'll be doing this, but I think the coolest way would be a person that just realizes that learning to getting trained to shift, right? It, part of that is learning to teach someone else to do it. And if you pay that forward, we're seeing that the benefits to you are.
0: when you teach some more powerful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I think people we've seen it in a lot of uh Community mental health is one way that it's framed, but we've seen a lot of examples of where people um, provide a little bit of their time and knowledge and provide incredible value to other people and to themselves that way. So that would be shift therapy in the, in the future. That's what we're building now. We are recruiting shift therapists for it now. So if you're interested at all, we'll hopefully give you a website where you can find out about it. But that's what we're. I'm very excited about building at the moment
0: well i love this idea i love it because when when we first came on i don't ever admit that i'm tired but today i am it was an early early start and then here we are it's late at night because this is just where it fits in so yeah. it, when when we were first talking what would you say to me if, you know, I was over there and I was saying, oh, you know, I've got something that I really want to do, but, you know, my energy's low. Like, I have some strategies that I think of that, you know, jump on the spot, do some jumping jacks, do some deep breaths. Yeah. Oh, what, how would you shift me into the present moment so that I could be a, a better interviewer or something? <laughs>
1: Well we can we can go through a shift if that's if that's of of interest and sort sure just walk through one. I was thinking maybe just coming into presence, but on that particular question, my first instinct I have to be honest is to say that you should go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that sleep, really good sleep is is I don't want to say a hundred percent of mental mental health. But and I know this is your work too. That sleep and exercise is vital. So I I I would say that that's the first solution. Um, It's not always just power through, right? But the reality is, we have to power through a lot of times. We have complicated lives. People have children. This is, um,
0: yeah, we want to do a lot of
1: ourselves. Want
0: to do it all? I don't want to give up things. So it just means day is long.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you want to maybe do a little shift together, or yeah, think about it that me, way? Yes. All right. So, um, and this is th- you know things that you're familiar with, but we've found sort of patterns and ways of doing it that I feel like. Well, I didn't. I shouldn't say I feel like we've we've collected so much data and we've seen the effectiveness of it repeatedly of doing it sort of certain ways. Um, But I I love to introduce it basically by saying that I believe that being able to shift yourself when you need to is the most important skill that you can learn and um, to deal with your emotional life, basically. And what we've seen is that um, by doing a shift like we'll do here five to 10 minutes and doing it regularly, about 95% of people report after they do it that they've shifted toward or into their chosen state of mind so and I was shocked by that to be honest um but what it taught me was that it's not that hard to do it's more going back to what we talked about before that the pain body it's noticing that you need to do it and then you don't feel like doing it when you need to do it usually that's another challenge so it's like noticing and then do actually doing it so making a lifestyle out of it and while I'm while I'm thinking about it I'll just share that I, when I say making a lifestyle, If you do, if you come into presence first thing in the morning, then it has a, it has this cascading effect throughout your day if you do it consistently. So there's, there's all sorts of stuff that we can do in advance of the pain body arising in order to encourage it to maybe not come up. But Uh, it But it does come up, right? I mean, it comes up, as we're talking about right now, in a difficult day when you actually told me before we got on, you were up at four in the morning recording something, and I'll share that it is, what is it, eight o'clock, where you are right now?
0: Yeah, it is.
1: So that means you've been going 20 hours today.
0: Oh, my gosh. I never look at the time. I really don't. I just do activities. Wow.
1: Yes. Well, your brain is working great. That's a good sign.
0: (laughs) I'm able to make connections and remember the book that you mentioned.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that that we ended up talking a little bit about the power now and having that conversation because when I think about coming into presence... Um, And in the context that we just talked about, it's like, there's the pain body, there's all the theory around it, right? There's all the ways to talk about it. But then what is presence? It's actually an experience. And so it's nice to just identify that for yourself, that actually what you're trying to do is give yourself an experience, not a intellectual exercise. So a good place to start is to ask yourself how you're feeling right now and just sort of notice how you're feeling. Oftentimes we do it, you know, if you're doing a shift on a scale of one to 10, but just notice how you're doing um, and then set an intention. Set an intention is to say, I'm gonna come into a f- present state of mind. You can say it silently to yourself. You can say it out loud. And, but what you wanna do when you set the intention is actually feel that intention being set. It's not just like you're saying something in your head. You're saying, "I'm." what you're really saying is, I'm gonna take the next five to 10 minutes and I'm going to move from where I am right now to a better place. I've, and after you've done this for a while, you're saying to yourself, I, I know I can do this because I do it all the time. And I know the value of it, right? So feel that. Can you feel inside you an yeah. intention being set? You're going to dedicate the next few minutes to just coming into a present state of mind and body. And this is an experience of presence that emerges when when 100% of your attention is focused in the here and now and there there are a variety of ways to do that and we'll we'll do it now but as long as we're sort of education and experiencing you you can listen you can you can focus a hundred percent of your attention on listening to sounds that you otherwise wouldn't hear so let's just do that let's just sit together for 10 seconds and see what sounds you notice that you would otherwise not have noticed And as you do that, think about this as a mini-shift. Notice how your feeling state changed. So you're coming a little bit more into presence. Notice if you feel that or if you don't. It's okay if you don't. Take a deep breath and relax your shoulders a little bit. And the reality is that I think that um, presence, silence doesn't necessarily make great media, but it is the most valuable thing you can do for yourself. And I, you know, I'm thinking of that as we're talking today because I think it is one of the reasons why we don't spend enough time doing it because we are so over um, engaged, right, over distracted by media. Well, nowadays
0: thing i recorded this morning was about uh self-regulation and i used some examples of we're so much in the go circuits and not so much in the no-go where we stop and you just made me listen i, I gotta tell you i've never sat in-, in quiet with my headphones on i'm always recording
1: Oh, that's.
0: and i heard I could hear outside i could i've never sat in quiet before it's always me doing something and
1: uh, that was even yeah. That I, I when I was uh, just those ten seconds, you know, I felt a sh- complete shift in my experience. I mean, we're we're talking, and there's a certain amount of chemicals running through our bodies, right? right. And then when we just drop down, um, it feels it feels so so different. The pressures change, right? So, feel. why don't we keep doing that by shifting our attention now, dude. Just put 100% of your attention into noticing that tingling sensation in your body, if you can. Um, this is a tricky one sometimes for people, but one suggestion I have is squeeze your left thumb. If you don't feel the tingling right away, just squeeze your left thumb as hard as you can. Release it. Notice the blood rushing in. That's the tingling. And then allow that sensation with 100% of your attention to spread to the rest of your hand and then your arm and then your whole body. And I'll just be silent for a little while while you pick up that tingling buzz of life that's buzzing through us all the time. And what I love about that is every time it reminds me that you know, your body is 30 trillion cells interacting in countless times every moment to give us this experience of life and so this is what we're feeling we're feeling the buzz of this miracle that each of us is and that i believe we're all connected within and it just totally shifts for lack of a better word how all of the anxieties that you might have come in with shift when you reconnect to that deeper truth of what we're what we're really all about
0: I felt the tingly the minute you asked me to be quiet. That it just started flowing through me, and I never imagined, you know, what's going on inside my body.
1: How how where did you how did you feel it?
0: All through my hands, and you know how sometimes people sit or you know with your fingers together um, for yeah. meditating. I don't, I, I've I've heard some people say that um, in from different parts of the world, like some, someone in India was saying that that he would hold his hands a certain way to uh, have a different meditative level. And so this goes way deeper than anything I know. But when I was holding my hands together, I could feel the buzzing.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I When I um, started doing it, it was hard to pick up that buzz. And then eventually it doesn't take long for most people if they stick with it you could just feel your whole body like feel this body buzz you know it feels like slipping on your favorite sweater a sense of warmth and you just want to sit with it and um and while while we're sort of chatting about that topic, yeah, there's these sort of esoteric practices, history of this. But I like to get uh, just get rid of all that. I mean, you don't need to be in a special position. I I was motivated in bed late at night when I wake up in the middle of the night with stress to be like, I need to solve this this issue, you know. So my my shifting is started. I learned it really solving that problem lying in bed. So you don't need to have some special. Um, there are ways to amplify it. I'm sure that I'm not putting down that approach, but I'm just saying, don't you, we don't need to overcomplicate it. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing you can drop into the present moment. Another way I love to do it is, um, is just like scanning your environment. Say I'm going to dedicate a hundred percent of my attention to scanning my environment and seeing things that I haven't seen or noticed before. So you know a um, a shadow the way the light's coming in the window the way the fabric is falling and same thing it it's great when you do it visually because so much of your brain is is dedicated to this sort of visual cortex and so when you put all your attention into just seeing something like it's the first time you'll notice something you never noticed before and you'll notice also that so many of the thoughts that you were experiencing before are just they're just enveloped by the presence.
0: What what I I've thought of was something that I've recently said on a podcast from John Cabotzin that we're already perfect as we are. So we don't need to think of doing this a certain way, right? You know, like he would say, or I've heard him say something like, you know, just get into the present moment and that's it that uh, embrace your perfectness that it doesn't have to be you know that that we're not hitting a certain enlightened experience just just be there and that's enough
1: yes that resonates with me um this is part of the reason that i named this company one perfect and to be honest with you, for a lot of people, this idea of perfection and having been made to feel like they need to be perfect is is actually quite triggering. And I and the, the um, mischievous part of me kind of likes that, to be honest, because the, I think that the better way to think about that is that the present moment is perfect. Like, not just that you're perfect, you know, you can debate that on all sorts of levels, but the present moment it, it, our lives are miraculous. The present moment is perfect. So to have a, a perfect shift is really recognizing that what is making you feel imperfect is you and your thoughts. So yeah, I I'm with you on that one.
0: Got it. Well, have you taken me through enough of a shift that you think I've gotten the point of it?
1: I uh, hopefully that's a good way to do it for people who are listening. You know, obviously the concept is that that when you come into contact with this piece that's buzzing through you all the time and you do it regularly, becomes easier. You get better at it and you develop this skill. So, yeah, I mean, so typically, actually, that's not that different from a shift other than that we're talking our way through it. You would usually, you know, be listening and have some moments of silence and some ideas that resonate with you based on what you said was going on with you coming into the shift.
0: I got it. So,
1: but I I, like doing it that way with you.
0: I know it was fun because I got to ask and make sure I was on track too. So, so how important do you think is self-regulation and, and being able to do this on our own? How, you know, the practice of it all?
1: so th- that actually i think is what um shifting is it's it's regul it's self regulation so um for people who don't know what self regulation is it's basically this ability to understand and manage your behaviors and your reactions your feelings the things that are happening around you so um it's regulating those strong emotions especially like frustration comes up excitement anger whatever it is being able to Recognize it, cope with it, and do something about it. And so I think very much of shifting as a form of self regulation, right? What we're doing is we're regulating our emotional state strategically and very intentionally because we're shifting ourselves into a better state of mind strategically.
0: So if we go back 20 years ago when, you know, I was standing in front of my behavioral students in the classroom and Where do you think things have gone now when, you know, I had no idea that my cortisol was impacting them and probably making them misbehave. And now we we have a little bit more understanding that, you know, how I'm regulating myself impacts those around me. Where do you think we were then to where are we now? And where do you see we're going with all of this?
1: Wow so 20 years 20 years is a good uh, uh, i came out of grad school roughly 20 25 years ago and i remember all the rage that we were excited about as you know new psychologists was basically this concept of neuroplasticity right this is the idea that what um whatever you're processing is changing you physically right physiologically and physically so um your brain is being changed by how you're experiencing life and this in it in that was a novel concept i think since it's 25 years old a lot of people sort of grew up with it probably now but we came out of a time when at least with the brain we thought that it was not plastic not changeable and it turned out that it was and so that i think that insight it sparked a lot of research right maybe research you're f- familiar with on the um, experimental research on the on the physiology side where the sort of reductionist approach, a lot of ex, um, psychologists who are researchers started looking into, well, how does neuroplasticity work? Like what are, the, what are the mechanisms within the brain that are producing this change? And that was one really important line of research that's gone on for 25 years. And then uh, practicing psychologists spent a lot of time like mindfulness-based stress reduction we talked about uh, practicing and researching with the practices that seem like they would impact your brain change. And so 25 years of doing things like shifting people's state of mind and measuring how that worked landed us in, I think those two, where those two converge right now and where the future looks really interesting is if you do this kind of stuff, this shifting of your mind and body consistently, and you make a lifestyle of it, there's a lot of prevention of problems that you otherwise would have, right? Um, there's a lot of potential for it in performance, like that, that's clear. And that had been established sort of early on. But on the mental health side, we're going to have so much fewer issues, because kids are going to come up learning that they can shift their state when they need to. And if you learn it early, you can learn it anytime and it's very effective. If you learn it early, you just have the benefit of not having to suffer as much as you and I probably did coming into adulthood and learning it. And, you, you know, I'd love to talk to you about what the downstream effects of that are, right? Because if you can do that, as you're talking about everyone that intersects with you, benefits from that. So what, what kind of world does that mean we're going to live in? And I think that's, that's a beautiful, a beautiful future, actually. I don't think this is as complicated as we think now that we know how to do it.
0: Right. Oh, this is very powerful. I love it. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm excited. So it's one perfect.com. That's where, where it is right now. And it's evolving into Um, from an app into where people can get a therapist to to come and help you.
1: Yeah, it will be within the app, right? Just a live experience within the app that will be added to it. So if you want to connect with someone live, or if you want to become a shift therapist yourself, yes, please visit One Perfect, learn about it. Uh, You can go to oneperfect.com or oneperfectshift.com is another place where you can get actual shifts. Both of them should lead you to where you want to go.
0: So, Dr. Sullivan, I've spent a lot of time usually creating questions and I want to make sure I've dug in and got everything. Have I missed anything important since I woke up so early and it's eight o'clock at night? I want to make sure we cover everything. Have I uncovered everything that you wanted to share today about what you've covered? Um
1: Well, thanks so much for the time. I really That was fun. I really appreciate it. the The only thing that I think that I would reiterate is that The real deep value of this work is connecting to yourself and then we've talked about a lot but connecting to other people as a result of that and we know that those two things have a massive influence on your experience of life going forward and so um, it's easy to get lost on oh I should meditate or I should shift or I should do but this is this is the end game of it is that if you can come into presence you can come to know and feel yourself and feel like you know when you're living purposefully which is what we all want and then the thing you keep hitting on which i think is is just it's so right on is that the people that you interact with everything changes your relationships change and when they're off you feel it and you address it so that that's all that i would sort of highlight basically to say that it's a lifestyle choice really and it's not like oh let's let's do it a few times it's like let's um build this into how i how i treat myself
0: No, i love it and i'm so grateful to have had this opportunity to speak with you today i feel that you've taught me how to shift and i'm definitely going to use this because there's times that i'm sitting here and it's just me in an office i don't have like, a, I can't go walk down to the water cooler and get get some energy from anyone else. It's just me. So, uh, you know, it's it's important to know how to shift myself when I need to. Yeah. Throughout the day. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. If anyone wants to learn more, oneperfect.com. And to follow you, it, do you have all if you can make sure i get all your social media links are you on social media
1: where do you where do you? yeah i'll put I'll, I'll send everything over I, I actually don't do a lot of social media but that one perfect shift you should be able to find everything everything you need there and you can subscribe and then you'll get shifts every week uh, for free and if you want to do more meaning sort of get more personalized experiences you can download the app and you do that and then my my real um, intention over the next few months is to let people know that they can become a shift therapist. You don't have to be some psychologist or trained in psychology to learn how to do this. So we're trying to build an army of people that will help other people to shift their state of mind and, and um, there's a lot of value in learning to do it. So that's um, that's, yeah, that's I guess the message I would want to share.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing and helping shift me today. It's powerful. And I look forward to watching you shift others over the years.
1: Thank you. It was so great to talk to you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you.